Hope Through Exile is a new podcast that desires to provide a different message from what is present in modern society. True hope can only be found in Jesus. As part of that hope, we as Christians must be exiled from the world's way and believe that through Jesus, we now are citizens of heaven. This citizenship is guaranteed because Christ has already proclaimed victory. Hey, I'm Dave. And I am Matt. And we are Hope Through Exile. All right, Matt. I'm excited about today. Yes, I am too. We've been waiting for this for a while. We have got some very special guests. Yep. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and let you take over on this one. I'm tired of doing all the work here. (laughs) So I'm going to go ahead and let you introduce our guests and take over from this point. Okay. So today we have our guest from Hope Has Risen. Sarah, Beth, and Amanda are with us today. How are you guys doing? I'm great. Awesome. Awesome. How was the trip in? Great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We talked a lot. So... Today, we want to talk to you guys a little bit about your ministry called Hope Has Risen. Mm -hmm. Why don't you guys go ahead and tell us a little bit about it? What gave you the idea to start this ministry and what you guys do? Okay. First of all, our mission statement is that we exist so Jesus, hope, and recovery can coexist because it was laid on my heart many years ago that there needed to be more people speaking for those who don't speak for it. So like those in active addiction who are afraid to speak up, they have people on their side who will speak for them. And I actually lost somebody, it'll be five years this month, to a fentanyl overdose. And losing him, along with others in my past, but losing him was the fire that ignited for me to do something different. And I had been to many meetings, and there was no Jesus. Then I had been to meetings where Jesus was supposed to be in it, but there was no life. There was no love. And so after weighing it out, I just felt it more and more in my heart and in my spirit that I needed to do something where Jesus came first and everybody felt loved because that's what Jesus is about. And so that is what we do. We meet people where they are, no matter where they are, just like Jesus has met every single one of us. And that's how it started. It was just, um, unfortunately, it took me losing people that I love, but in the process, we have been able to love people and help them and save. We didn't save the lives, but through Jesus, yeah. lives have been yeah. saved. Awesome. I kind of got drug into this, though. Um, I she was, loves telling the story. I do. I do. It's <laughs> the best ever. So I was in a stage in my life where I was recovering still from going through cancer and treatment and brain surgery and all that stuff. And so I had lost a little bit of who I was. And so our pastor's wife was like, hey... I could really use your help if you would just kind of help Sarah, Beth, and maybe bring snacks and set things up for them and make sure things are good. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and Sarah's like, so this means you're a part of it? And I was like, this means I'm going to bring your snacks and leave. <laughs> because I'm not sure if I'm even ready to take anything like that on. And then when I started hearing the stories from people who had been completely changed and how like even with you, how Jesus just spoke to you in the most unlikely of places. Mm-hmm. And then hearing people talk about how hard it was for them to get to that point and get that treatment. I immediately identified with those people. Like when they say, you know, when it was easier to go get high again than to continue to feel dope sick, trying to find a place I could put myself in their shoes, having just gone through chemo and radiation, like 
how horrible I felt if I felt like that. And my doctor's like, so I know you can't come in for treatment today. We don't have any beds for you right now. So call to this place, this place and this place, and then check back here in three days. I would have given up. And so that's where my heart was like, okay, I have to be a part of this. This is why I'm here. I want to help fill that gap. And so being along for the fun stuff is amazing. But my phone number is on my card. It's on the back of my car. Um, I'm out there for whoever needs to reach out. And that's where my heart is in that part of the ministry. I love doing the events, but that was when I realized God gave me this testimony for a reason. And now I know where it is. Like you wonder why you go through those things in your life. And then you're like, okay, I I have faith and I'm going to trust. And I know God will get me through this. But the flesh part of us wants to know why. And sometimes we don't get to know that why right now, but I know why I went through what I went through. And so I could be the person be like, I don't know exactly what you're going through, but I've made the same decision to put my body through heck to make sure I could be well and be here for my kids and change my life on a track that I know I want it to go. So that's where my heart, because at first I was like, I ain't doing this. I'm not signing up for anything else right now. I just got better. Just starting to volunteer at my kids' school again. You know, it was a God thing because if it was me on myself, <laughs> I would have been long gone after dropping <laughs> off those snacks. <laughs> that's incredibly powerful. And it's just a testimony to both of your stories. It's just a testimony from God that he can use these horrible situations to help spread his word and his message and that he's using you guys to do that. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so I guess if you're listening and you're, uh, you're going through something that's incredibly hard, be encouraged by what you just heard from, from Sarah Beth and Amanda, because, uh, God has used that in them mightily. That's incredible. Um, Both those stories are very incredible. Uh, you know, I find it interesting that you can associate, you know, different events in your lives with those that are going through addiction and going through that part of their life. I know myself, I haven't really been through uh, addiction or anything like that, yet I'm here paired with Matt and we're, we're doing a podcast together. So it's funny how God brings people together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were talking a little bit about how Hope has risen. It does stuff for the community. I'd like to just talk a little bit more about that. What kind of events that you do for the community and then, and then what kind of impact are you seeing? So... As far as community events go, um, we really try to embrace being the hands and feet of Jesus. So meeting people where they are with no judgment and just loving them. I'm not a person that's ever been in an active addiction. I've never, I've never been that. I've loved people through it, but most of the time people are like, you just, you don't understand. Like I need this or you don't know what I've been through. And that's where We may not be in your exact shoes, but God's let us go through things. So we know how to feel not just sympathy, but to empathize with where you're at in your life. And so I'll share with you a story. One thing we try, like I said, my heart is in getting people into recovery. As somebody who's worked in the medical field, I know that window is so short when somebody asks for help to get them there, because like when that feeling comes and you're losing that high and you realize I just did A, B, C, or D to get to this point. My cousin, he sold his shoes off of his feet. And that's when he sobered up and he woke up in the middle of downtown Dayton in January with no shoes on. He was like, what, what am I doing with my life? And in that moment, that's the time when we want to be there for people. And so there's no boundaries to what we'll do. 
I know it was Labor Day weekend actually last year. We were contacted by a young woman and she was ready. So we meet her right where she's at. Literally, we go to her house and she's like, okay, gives us her needles that she pulls out of the back of her couch and is like, can you get rid of these? So I'm not tempted to use them right this moment. Of course, we're going to dispose of them. We're going to do whatever it takes, anything short of send to get these people where they want to be because God plants those desires. He created us and he plants those desires in our heart for us to want to be in alignment with him. Sometimes we get in our own way. And so we want to take all those distractions away for people. We've packed clothes for her, took her to one emergency room. And then by the end of everything, after spending two days, full 24 hours calling places to see who had a bed that would get her in because her drug of choice was not an opioid. That was a huge roadblock at that time because all the grants were written for these places to have certain amount of beds for people going through the opioid crisis. That is interesting. I got to ask a question. So she was not addicted to opioid. No, mm-hmm. she was, was actually meth. using meth. It was, yeah. it was meth. But she was still injecting, which is right. extremely dangerous. But you couldn't find a place for her simply because she was addicted to a different drug. If she because would have had alcohol in her system or heroin or an opioid, then we could have yeah. got her in a lot faster. But yeah. because it was meth, it didn't fall under their rules with the grants. Because the withdrawal. How many hours? Almost 24 straight calling. We ended up driving her up to Toledo to find a place that would get her in. So, I mean, we'll go to any length. Sarah, I'll let her share a story. And I mean, when I say any length, I mean, we'll go buy your undergarments. (laughs) So I'll let her share her story. Uh, We had somebody who reached out to us and they wanted help. So we took them to the emergency room and they actually got turned away. Well, they kept one. They kept, yes, that's right. They kept one one and sent the other one home. Uh, The one that they kept, they ended up letting go. So she, like after her three days, so she didn't even get treatment. And from that point, we were still trying to get her someplace. And she kept coming up with every excuse in the world not to go. And that's one thing that Hope Has Risen does not believe in is excuses. We do not enable. And we we also believe, we don't believe in golf claps either. So there's that. But, um... (laughs) (laughs) about snapping fingers (laughs) no 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 no, no, we believe in yeah celebrate everything (laughs) so we don't do excuses at all so it was well I, i don't have any clean clothes well we'll do your laundry for you i don't have any clean undergarments cool we're gonna run to the store and get you some like we we don't believe in any of that stuff we will nip all of that right away and so unfortunately at that time she did not get treatment but that seed was planted and now she's clean. She has custody of her kids again. Wow. And so um, even though we weren't able to see it like we did with the other person that we helped that Amanda shared about, we're able to hear about that seed that was planted and what's happened since then. And so even though we drove around and looked for her many times and picked her up up out of of somebody's shed where they were Yep. in their backyard. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And loaded our car up with their belongings and all of that stuff. Um, even though we weren't able to be a part of the whole journey, we were a part of the beginning and then be able, able to see the end result has been just amazing in itself. But yeah, we will stop at nothing. If somebody says we need help or we're ready, then we're diving in and we're going to meet them exactly where they are. I mean, we've bought cigarettes for somebody, mm-hmm. which I know is taboo a lot of times for some people when you're like, hey, 
I love Jesus. But, you know, at that point, they are giving up so much and yeah. trying to turn their life around. I'm not going to say, well, first you have to do A, B, C, mm-hmm. and D That's not our before call. Jesus to love you. Right. You know, we're just right. going to meet them exactly where they are. And like with the one girl, before we took her to Toledo, we actually got her into a local detox facility in Dayton. And they went through all of her bags and kind of kept reassuring her like this is this is temporary this is going to be okay because when they when you somebody starts going through your stuff and they're cutting strings out of your pants or (laughs) you know taking the shoe strings out of your shoes just to go into detox from this you're already feeling scared not knowing what your body's going to go through because you've heard all the horror stories at this point there has to be a lot of hand holding i mean we had to go get red bulls and we had to go get oatmeal cream pies anything that would make it more comfortable to her to feel like she had some control that's what we're gonna do for anybody and everybody when when we're meeting them where they're at we're just gonna try and make this as reassuring as possible for them that they are truly making the right decision Mm -hmm. that girl's now oh gosh she's married she's getting ready to have a baby i mean (laughs) yeah it's that it's it's and and to know that we once we pulled needles out of her couch i mean it's just and i see her seeing praise and worship with her husband on our facebook page and i'm just like and she wants to be so involved with us with hope is risen she's like anything i can do and so it's amazing and then i know you also mentioned like actual like community outreach things because that's stuff that i mean that's definitely reaching out to the community but other things that we do for the community as a whole is we are getting ready to start monthly meetings again but it's not the typical meetings these will be more like events and then we have yearly events and those consist of the chili cook-off slash silent auction which is amazing yes we have a cookout at the park where we feed the community and then we have kickball which just recently started and people liked it so much that we decided to make it every year and then we have a benefit concert every year and then a thanks miss dinner which is where we incorporate thanksgiving and christmas together so that way we can serve everyone and santa comes and gives out presents to all the kids that's so good so oh, those great. are things that we do for the community in the community and the benefit concert and the chili cook-off that is usually what sustains us for the year so yeah. like we don't have grants we don't get any of those things because we are completely jesus-based we right. we don't follow under any guidelines that people are like, well, if you can say you're this, then we'll give you money. No, we're going to lay say we love Jesus and that's what we're going to do. So um, <laughs> we go strictly by what we can do. And if it's not from our donations, then it's out of our pocket. But we don't let any of that stop us from helping people and reaching them. No, I mean, we've paid utility bills for people who are maybe newly out of a transitional home and trying to get established, or maybe it's somebody who's been established for a while in long-term recovery, but life's just fell apart. And so we'll be that support system for them. So that way it relieves some stress. So there's not the temptation to relapse. I mean, those are some of the things that we do, but like with our chili cook-off, that's one of our biggest ways that we receive donations because we get local businesses to donate items to auction off whether it be one year we had a local salon donate like 600 and some dollars worth of services from all the different people that worked there so you could it was everything from like getting your hair highlighted to getting your nails done and in between and I mean and then we auction it off and so all the people that we've loved and supported or that have supported us from the beginning all come together 
We all eat a bunch of chili together, so everybody's happy because their bellies are full, and they're like, let's spend money. Um, no, but it's great. It really is a good time. We usually have somebody that's pretty funny do be our auctioneer. And um, I guess that's why I was never invited. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next February. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. But, and something that we do during the silent auction slash chili cook-off is we give back to a ministry because usually we have ministries come who have supported us along the way, like what Amanda said. And we usually have a bake sale of some kind or a donation jar just for people to give donations. So everything that the silent auction takes in is for Hope is Risen, but for this bake sale or whatever we have going on, we pick a ministry that's there and they get that money. So anything that we have accumulated during that time, no matter how much it is, they may even make more than what Hope is Risen has and they get to take that with them. We love to continuously give back. That's amazing. We always do that. Yeah, it's amazing what you guys do. This podcast is being sponsored by Hope Has Risen. Hope Has Risen is a drug recovery ministry where Jesus, hope, and recovery can coexist. We are committed to meeting people right where they are, whether they are seeking recovery or are family members of those in active addiction. If you or someone you know is seeking recovery or just wants to become a part of our community, visit hopehasrisen.org or on Facebook at Hope Has Risen. Thanks for Hope Has Risen for supporting this podcast. So I know from personal experience from being in addiction that an addict is not the easiest person to love. It is hard to love those in addiction because the addiction grabs you and it tells you do whatever you can do to get more of this whatever you can do you will lie cheat and steal and you will do it in the worst possible ways Mm -hmm. so for somebody to come up and say you know what i see that and i'm gonna love you my point is i just want to love you i want to love you through this and to help them to get through the the withdrawals which are i can tell you if you've never been through withdrawals your skin hurts just from from not having that medication to numb it it's a horrible horrible place that I wouldn't wish on anybody. So yeah, buying cigarettes for people, like that's awesome. I would do the same thing. And I wouldn't buy cheap ones either. I'd buy like no, Marlboro's. We didn't. We didn't. They <laughs> wanted they wanted new ports and they got new ports. Just like they wanted their Red Bull and they they, they got, got their, Red Bull. their Red Bull. I, mm-hmm. See I mean, that that's awesome. And and what what are they gonna remember more? As, that we as, loved them. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. Exactly. They might have heard a hundred times from different people, like, no, you're just going to spend this money on cigarettes and, and drugs. Well, that is something that we don't, we, we buy it. Right. So we take right. them, we either say, what do you want us to get on the way? And we'll stop and we'll get it. Or it just like Amanda said something about utility bills. We'll call and pay that utility bill because we'll never enable somebody. Yes. So it's, it's a hard, you got to take that stance of, I want to love you, but it has to be in a way that I know. I'm loving you, not hurting you. Yeah. Yes. Well, we that, had, that's true love. Yeah. Kind of how we, God does We that. had somebody reach right. out that to conviction. us. Yeah. I want to love you. But... <laughs> Go and send yeah. no more. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. yes. And we had yeah. somebody reach out to us just last week and said, it, they texted like midnight. They were like, hey, we need gas and food. And I said, okay, I would be more than happy to meet you and put gas in your van and take you to get some food. Never heard from them again. And that's one of those things. Like... We'll yeah. do whatever we can, yeah. but I'm, we're not just going to hand you 
money. Well, that's like with that one young lady that lived in Xenia. I got a phone call at like eight o'clock at night. Hey, this young lady just got out of foster care. Addiction has impacted her. She lost her dad to it. And then unfortunate circumstances. And she had been through a lot of hurt and pain. And I called Sarah and I'm like, hey, she's in an apartment with like no furniture. Mm -hmm. She's not a person in recovery, but she's been hugely impacted by addiction in her life. I mean, it, it uprooted her from her mother and then she lost her dad to it and was in foster care. And so now she's aged out of the system and she's just on her own. So we went to Walmart and we got her like the staples and pots and pans and sheets and towels. And she didn't know what she didn't know what to do. Like she was like, (laughs) this is her exact words. And this is where I feel like we have to do this as a body, as the body of Christ, we have to show up more for people because her exact words at 18 was, this is awkward. Like nobody, nobody loves me like this. Nobody shows up for me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, are we, we've got, <laughs> we got to be the literal hands and feet and step up. I mean, cause that's, we were called to do that. I remember it was pouring rain and she lived like up, what, two or three flights the third, of stairs? The third flight yeah, of stairs. Yeah, and it yeah. took us like three trips to get everything from our car up to her apartment. And she just, she just stood there and she was in complete awe. And she wouldn't even let us hug her at the beginning, but she and hugged it, us at yeah, the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. And we had got, it was really close to Christmas time. And so we had gotten her, I'm like, you know what? She has nobody that's going to buy for her. Mm-hmm. Like there's no family here for her. And so I was like, can we? Do you want to get her? And so we each picked out different things and got our gift. And she was like, I was like, can I hug you? And she was like, I guess. <laughs> like, sure. Like, this, And that's when she was like, this is still so weird for me. Like, I'm sorry. And she apologized. Like, I'm sorry. This is just weird. We get a lot of that, unfortunately, because people are not used to being loved or that love coming freely. And so even with our like, thanks, Miss Dinner, it is all free the presents are free you don't we don't charge you to see santa it's nothing like that and we get asked all the time how much does it cost it's crazy because i mean each kid leaves with a present last year we had a face painting and when you go and you call like i always make the phone calls and take out the flyers like goodwill easter seals well how much is it going to cost them right by the hospital they have a recovery house there and they're like well can the people from our other house where they do transitional housing for people that have been in homeless shelters. Can they come to you? And I'm like, yeah, pretty sure Jesus fed 5,000. They didn't say only these (laughs) people, you know, like (laughs) people just are shocked when you're just like, come as you are. And that's something else. Every year we, well, I stress, she doesn't, she laughs at me, but I'm always Mm -hmm. like, we're never going to have enough food for all these people. And we always, people send food home containers from from the goodwill <laughs> easter seal house this last year because this is year two of them getting to come they brought leftover containers because they're like we know i'm coming <laughs> home with food <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i mean like we get places like local restaurants like olive garden always donates mm-hmm. so much to us and b-dubs they made some banging mac and cheese it was so good <laughs> i mean and, and we just feed everybody it's, that's the best part just yeah. like when we went down to that park and there's always, it's neat to sit back because there's always that, when you get to see that trickle down effect, like when we went to the park in, in downtown Dayton and fed, and I took my eldest child with me because I felt like she was old enough to handle and see that environment. And it was good for her to serve and to give back because I want to teach them that. Yeah. She saw this young man walk up with a shoe that was just like 
ripped open like a flat tire yeah um and he was limping so we were like what's wrong and he's like oh no it's just my shoe and when he lifts it up it just falls apart and that just that broke her to know that there are kids that they don't have what they want they don't have what they need and so here she is at 12 years old asking for donations saved up 200 dollars of her own money and her birthday money to be able to buy backpacks and fill them with school supplies and a bible for every kid but wow. you guys also did go take that little boy well you yeah went- you, uh, Matt and Amanda, they went to the store My and bought Matt. him. Yeah, not 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 that Matt. Amanda's <laughs> husband is named Matt. Yeah, <laughs> they went they went to the store and bought that little boy shoes, and he, oh my gosh. Yeah, he was on cloud nine and he swore he could play basketball a lot better after that. But then he so, took him off because he didn't want to scuff him. While he basketball. Yeah. So he played in his socks. <laughs> the best. Things like that when you but when you get to full circle, see, and I think sometimes you go through the motion so much in ministry that you don't take time to step back. And we try to be very intentional to be able to serve and love but also see god and what's going on around us and when you can really see that impact and i guess because of what we do we get the text messages like we did from one guy hey sorry to bother you can you pray for my friend oh and by the way i'm still clean yeah like when you get that you're just like i know why i do what i do i know why i stay up till one o'clock calling places i know why i'm up at seven to call the next day when nobody says no like i know why i'm doing it you know what's what's really awesome i was sitting here like just listening to this and one of the topics we wanted to touch on before you guys left is how your approach to addiction recovery how your faith-based jesus approach differs from that that would be like a secular recovery kind of kind of thing and you guys just explaining what you do and how you do it explained it all without even having to touch on it you know what I mean? Because you guys are literally the hands and feet of Jesus to those who are needing him the most. And it's such an amazing, amazing thing. When people ask, like, so what church are you, like, are you, what, what are your affiliations? We just say Jesus, because we will keep Jesus in the center of everything our, we do, because that's great. Like hope has risen and you guys talking about how our hope is in our salvation and our salvation comes through Jesus. Yes. So if we remove him from what we're doing, how can we give people hope? Right. Wow. That is awesome. And plus, I think once you put a name behind it besides Jesus, it kind of loses its power as yeah. much, I guess. Mm-hmm. Lose it. Yes. Yeah. yes. Underneath our name, it says Jesus, hope, recovery, recovery. Yep. because he will always come first in everything always. we do. Wow. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Man, very powerful. Honestly, I don't know how you have time for literally anything else. <laughs> that is just that's we, amazing. We I, I that thought too. I was busy. My but. husband says the same thing sometimes. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> so for anybody that's listening or that knows somebody that is addicted or, or those families that are affected by addictions, how do they get in contact with Hope is Risen? So the first thing that I would say is they can always reach out on hopeisrisen.org which is our website and we have contact information there we also have community partners listed there too that links them to local places that we've worked with to get people into recovery as well as it gives you what's coming up so if it's somebody that wants to know like hey I've been through this with my sibling or my parent or my child and I want to know where are you going to be so I can meet you and get linked in we put all of our events out there as well 
And then Sarah's like Facebook queen. So she kind of like runs with it. I'm just along for the ride a lot of times on the Facebook <laughs> stuff, social media. I'm on my phone. You call me and I'm your girl. But she's the one that's like, she's Johnny on the spot. So our Facebook page, it's just under Hope is Risen. And we post all of our events and everything on there, but our contact information is also there. It'll give you a direct link to our website, our Instagram, and our telephone numbers. So everything is there. That's great. I just want to get a clear understanding here. This is your your guys' personal phone number. Yeah. You, you, guys, yeah. you yeah. guys are for real about this, 24-7. Yeah, 20, yeah we don't yeah. believe in 8 to 5s. We right. know too many people, um, a lot of recovery places, our intakes 8 to 5. And so too many people decide Sunday night at six o'clock to go say, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to change my life. And, and so we're going to be there when they call. We've actually made some good relationships in the community and in the recovery community where we are at that I've got a couple places that do 24 seven intakes for us. So I can call them on a Sunday at four and they'll have an intake nurse meet us there. But I try and do like I said, I have a medical background, so I try and do kind of like a quick, give me your ABCs. This is the information they're going to ask for. And so when I'm calling places, it's an automatic, nope, yes, nope, yes. So they're not going through that whole process every time. So it makes it a little easier. And so when those places know that, they're more willing to work with you sometimes. So it's been pretty awesome. I- I'm just amazed. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Uh, this has been truly a pleasure for me been a pleasure Matt, for uh, me too. I'm not sure about, but definitely. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm, I'm like refraining from being a smart aleck and golf clapping. You know? Oh, you're funny. <laughs> you're <golf> funny. <laughs> oh, you know that sponsorship? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, in, in case oh. you guys didn't know, Below I, I didn't mention that either. Um, Sarah Beth and Amanda Hope has risen our sponsors for our, I don't know how long, now that I just made that smart aleck comment. <laughs> But our sponsors for Hope Through Exile. So, um, yeah, we, we absolutely love them. We're so thankful for them. Thank you again. Thank and, you. And uh, really appreciate everything. I am Dave. I'm Matt. And we are Hope Through Exile. Thanks for joining us for the Hope Through Exile podcast. Hope Through Exile is made possible by the generous support of Hope Has Risen Recovery Ministry. Find out more about their mission and get involved at Hope has risen org. The Shine FM Podcast Network.